You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Sonny Chip to break down two key commitments for LSU in the 2021 class this week that Ed Ogeron and his staff picked up. But first, it's Memorial Day. And granted, it's not going to be your traditional Memorial Day weekend, but Sonny, uh, I've been down here with the parents quarantining for a while. We're just a few steps away from the beach. So planning to get a little bit of sun. What about you? Oh, man, I'm scooping up some, uh, scooping up about 25, 30 pounds of shrimp later on today and so going to pop some heads and going to boil some shrimp this weekend. So a little Cajun, little Cajun flair to Memorial Day weekend. Well, there you go. Of course, are, they, are you guys doing like a little neighborhood thing? Are, are you guys there yet or? Yeah, it'll probably be that. We, we've got some houses by us that have kind of done the same thing that we've done and everything. So we feel comfortable being around each other and all. So we're going to kind of keep it that and keep it local and just try to chill a little bit, man. Yeah, some of the restaurants around here have opened back up a little bit. So that grouper, some oysters maybe are, are in play. I know oysters are probably on the edge of getting a little out of season, but uh, man, they're they're good. They're fresh and Maybe a little cold beer, a little Corona or something with them. Lots of that. <laughs> <laughs> Lots well, cool. of that. Well, let's jump in here and let's start with the surprise of the, of the week. And that was St. James defensive end Savion Jones announcing his commitment to Ed Ogeron and the Tigers. This is somebody that we love on 24-7 sports. He's jumped up in the rankings just outside the top 150 overall prospects in the country. And that rise has really come from a huge junior year for Savion at St. James, where they won a state championship. He had 29 tackles for loss, 13 sacks. Uh, He really did it all. He blocked a punt. I mean, he has a lot going on right now for him. He's got a 6'5", 240-pound frame, and he's now on the cusp of being a top 10 overall defensive end in the country. I love this pickup for LSU. And I think it's just the beginning of what could be uh, a little bit of a run in Louisiana. Yeah, I agree with you. And you mentioned jumping 40 spots from 194 to 154 uh, in the 24-7 sports rankings. But even more than that, you know, um, the weekend before signing day for this past class that just passed, uh, Jones was 567 overall in the country. So you're talking about a guy who has jumped over 400 spots in, you know, basically five and a half months. And I agree with you 100%. 6'5", 240 pounds. I think he is just the type of defensive end that Bo Pelini wants to get on campus in this new attacking style 4-3 defense. He's a guy that plays basketball participates in track and field right now. So a lot of his off-season workouts have not focused on football and consisted of him getting into the weight room. So I think he's a guy, when you look at his frame, as big as he is up top, he's a guy who could easily add probably another 25 to 30 pounds, keep that athleticism, keep that burst, keep that explosiveness that he has. And I encourage everyone that if you haven't, if you haven't watched his highlight film, go to his 24-7 sports profile, 
pull it up, click on his latest highlights from his junior year. I've got a breakdown on there. You've written a breakdown on him. Gabe Brooks has written a breakdown on him. So we've got several of those. And I think this is a guy that is just really going to be good, really explosive. And I think he's a huge pickup for LSU's defensive end room. And we've talked about this just on our group text with you, me, and Shay Dixon, is that Savion is somebody that can continue to rise up the rankings potentially and maybe break into that top 100 range, especially if we take a look at that first four games and kind of how he'll be trending on that St. James team. I think his best football is in front of him. You mentioned uh, his frame being able to carry much more weight. And, and I agree. And once he's not running up and down the court playing basketball for three or four months out of the year for St. James, he'll be able to really pack that weight on with Tommy Moffitt. And it's so funny, just kind of the way Savion's uh, commitment kind of happened. It was very on brand for his recruitment, very quiet, just kind of, you know what, I'm going to announce my commitment to LSU. I'm going to stay home, realize it was the best spot for me and my family. And uh, I, I can just say for a fact that Ed Odron and this staff is, is more than happy uh, that he kind of surprise them with his decision right now yeah and I think he and when you look at when you look at Savion and then you also look at 6'6 240 pound defensive end Landon Jackson who is uh he's number 73 I believe number 73 in the country in the top 247 you look at those two guys right there you've got that height you've got them at a good weight that they'll already be at a good weight when they hit campus and when you look at LSU's defensive end position, um, I, I did pull some numbers after he committed. Going into this season, and granted, I'm not counting Neil Farrell or Glenn Logan, who played defensive end under Dave Aranda. Uh, Ed Orgeron insists that both are going to play tackle under Bo Pelini. If you look at LSU's defensive ends right now, out of 11 guys that are slotted at defensive end, They've got – they have accumulated a total of 39 tackles and four sacks between the 11 of them. Now, granted, granted, uh, you know, five or six of them have yet to even see the field. And the ones who have seen the field have been in a very limited uh, – in a very limited basis. So, LSU's got some talent at that position, but it's very unproven when it comes to playing in the SEC. And so, I think that's why it's important for them to go out to get some guys in this class who are physically ready to dive into that two deep, that three deep, and play as a true freshman. And I think Savion and Landon Jackson both fit that bill. Couldn't agree more. And the thing about those two being on board now is it does allow somebody like Xavier Carter to maybe take a little bit more time and, and put that weight on that he's going to need to to be ready to go in the SEC at some point. But they've, like you said, a lot of hype now. Uh, Xavier Carter 6'4", and if they can get Keanu Coat to uh, commit, which, you know, he kind of announced that he had some change of plans, wants to do something different, but he's 6'4". So Ed Ogeron is recruiting a lot of that length, him and Bill Johnson, to build up in that defensive end room. They get a good one in Savion Jones. Speaking of good length, Kari G, a 6'3", 185-pound safety out of Atlanta, Georgia, committed to LSU over Clemson on Monday. And this was one that kind of came together relatively quickly. He announced his top two of LSU Clemson. And from there, he set his commitment date. And lo and behold, LSU beats out Clemson in uh, getting Kari G uh, in their uh, recruiting class. 
Yeah, well, Bill, this is another pick that I really like. Um, you know, <laughs> I know everyone – too many people want to focus on recruiting rankings and things like that. And while I think, I do think that they are important, uh, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not always perfect and they certainly don't always start out perfect. The key is that we get it right at the end. And I think, I think G is a guy that you look at his frame, six, three height. Uh, we've got him listed at 185. He looks a little bit bigger than that. It looks like he's probably 195, maybe even 200. But when you look at his film, you just see explosiveness. You see, you, you see, you know, some some question his speed, and I'm not worried about his his, his forty time right here because when I look at you, when you look at him on his highlights, you see a guy with football speed. You see a guy with closing speed at that size. Um, he he's very good at, at at rushing off the edge. He's smart. He's instinctive. And I think he's going to be a uh, – I think he and Dakota Mitchell, who Mitchell's a little bit smaller, I think those two form a nice complement for one another. Mitchell being more of a guy who could possibly play nickel, who could play some in center field. G being a guy you put closer to the line, kind of like they did with Delbert, kind of like they uh, did with Steven – will do with Stevens more this year. And with uh, Jordan Tolls and G, I mean, you got two big safeties back there in the future. Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, the complimenting on um, between G and Dakota Mitchell right now in this class, and then let's say they get Sage Ryan. Let's say they get an Andrew Makuba or one of these other highly touted safeties that they're they're recruiting. With Sage, they're recruiting in the corner, but they he can play all over, really. And they're looking for three safeties, I think. Uh, Makuba's one that's high, high on the list. Shea Dixon on Go 24-7 had a really good – breakdown of the safety room and kind of what's next. So if you haven't subscribed to go 24 seven, check that out and you can go back and find that on the board where he kind of broke it down. But for me, I think they need three safeties in this class. There's some veteran guys that are going to walk out of the door. And then after next year, Todd Harris uh, is going to be gone as well. So a lot of veteran players are set to walk out the door. Oh, there, there's no question. I, I agree with 100%. Jacoby Stevens, Kerry Vincent, Cameron Lewis, Eric Monroe, those four guys right there are seniors. Todd Harris, uh, if, if if he chose to leave after this year, he would, uh, you know, he he would be he's he's entering this season as a fourth year junior, and so if he has a big year, that basically leaves you with Mo Hampton and Jordan Tolls. So they really do need to uh, need to load up right here, and, and they've also kind of set there are already laid a very nice picture for uh for the 2022 class they've got two of the two of the country's best already committed for there so they have the, the plans in place to replenish the people that they're going to leave but i think they're going to need more people in the, more guys in this class right here to be able to hold them over until they get to that 2022 crop yeah and just so you guys are aware we're talking about them potentially landing a third safety in the class I mentioned andrew mccuba out of texas some other names to know Derek davis uh, who's got uh, schools like clemson ohio state penn state after him uh, jd coffee has kind of been linked to lsu lsu texas or some other national schools in the mix there donovan mcmillan who really bill bush kind of kicked off his big uh, offer run over the past spring uh, with an offer on the table there. And then you look at somebody like uh, George Jordan Gilbert uh, right out of Baton Rouge, Ohio, who they could end up 
offering as well. So some options on the table for them at safety to kind of round things out there. And then a defensive end, Sonny, and this whole defensive line class, I mean, they've been selective. They've been careful. But do you think there's room for one more at defensive end? Yeah, I think I think so. I think if it's the uh, I think if it's the right guy, um, you, know, you had mentioned Keanu Coat earlier. I think he's a guy that uh, you know that would that would kind of fit that mold. And then also there's uh, you know, there's some uncertainty on what Xavier Carter is going to play. You know, he's a 195 pound outside linebacker right now. Uh, he and Desmond Little, those two are going to have to. Uh, they're they're going to really wish that the buffets were still around. Uh, by the time they get to Baton Rouge, because both of those guys are in the same boat and need to add, needing to add some weight. But with Carter, you know, he's a guy that could possibly, you know, uh, fit in at defensive end. He could possibly fit in at linebacker. And so when you look at when you look at the guys that they that they have a good chance of pulling in with this class, combined with what they pulled in the last class, you have Jaqueline Roy. You know, he could possibly play defensive end. He could possibly play defensive tackle. Eric Taylor, he's another guy right there. So, you know, I think with that class and with the defensive line class that they look like that they're going to pull in with this one right here, I think Bo Pelini and Bill Johnson are going to be happy with where things are when they get these freshmen on campus next year. Yeah, you add in potentially a, somebody like Mason Smith, a defensive tackle, and then maybe Corey Foreman if LSU can kind of not shock the world, but – Look, with number one player in the country, that one's uh, going to be a tough land between USC, Georgia, and, and whoever else is going to come knocking for him now that he's decommitted from Clemson. So the, a really, really strong defensive line all uh, shaping up right now to pretty good safeties committed now. And with that, though, we're going to shift gears and kind of talk a little bit more on the team side of things after this break. Talk a little bit about Ed Ogeron's rise to being one of the best coaches in the country. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder, guys. We've got a big flash sale going on right now. Take 60% off annual subscriptions. You can check that out on go247.com. Tons of content, especially VIP content, rolling out over really the rest of until we get sports back, until there's press conferences every day. It's a lot of VIP content. It's a lot of recruiting scoops. So well worth the subscription for over a year. Just under four bucks a month is what it plays out to over the course of the year. So check that out on go247.com. A lot to uh, read and, and react to as well on the message board. Sonny, uh, one thing that I really caught my eye, 
CBS Sports unveiled their updated ranking of the college football's best coaches. Ed Ogeron checked in at number 30 last year. That was before one of the best seasons, probably the best single season in college football history. Now all the way up to number four. He's still behind the likes of you know Nick Saban, uh, Dabo Sweeney, but Ed Ogeron's rise up to number four. Uh, is pretty impressive in one year, even, uh, you know, considering the, the year that they had. Um, now he sits at number four, uh, and, and he's behind Lincoln Riley as well. What you, would you make of that? Yeah, and I think that's, uh, you know, coming, out, coming off the national championship and everything, I think he and, I think he and Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley has a little more, I guess a little, you know, a little more, um, you know, proven success at the national level of getting, you know, into that college football playoff, but obviously not being able to get over that hump. So I think you could even make an argument for that, uh, that Orgeron should be uh, number three ahead of Riley. But considering the meteoric rise that he's made, I mean, going into, uh, you know, it seems, it seems like yesterday that there was talk of, uh, oh, Joe Oliva made a, you know, Joe Oliva made the bad, made the wrong decision. Ed Orgeron's on the hot seat entering the, uh, you know, entering the uh, 2018 season. Then he goes and wins 10 games, wins a Fiesta Bowl, closes out the season on a strong note. And, um, you know, that ended all of that, all of that hot seat talk. Now, uh, you know, you think about Nick Saban, you think about Dabo Sweeney, Jim Harbaugh used to generate a lot of talk, used to generate a lot of discussion. Jimbo Fisher generated a lot of discussion. But when you look at it on the national scale, on the national level, I, I think that Ed Orgeron would probably be right there at number three as far as the, the head coach that generates the most buzz, that generates the most discussion amongst the talking heads. Yeah, I'm with you too. And, and look, he's put to rest all the doubters. I mean, well – I'll, I'll say this. There's probably still somebody out there that's going to say, hey, I've got to see it again because that was just unfair having Joe Burrow at quarterback. And I wanted to kind of transition to this because now we've heard from Steve Ensminger, Scott Linehan, and Ed Ogeron on this. And I wanted your take on Miles Brennan because what what's kind of the expectation level in your mind for Miles Brennan? He's got Jamar Chase coming back, Paris Marshall coming back. Eric Gilbert, the five-star tight end, getting into the mix. There's some talent, albeit some inexperience, at the offensive line. And then a good stable of running backs uh, that is trying to replace Clyde Edwards-Lair. But everyone from LSU side is saying, Miles is our guy. We're going to ride with him, and he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, I think Miles Brennan's going to have a big year. I think he's going to have a big year. He's going to benefit from from uh, from being a, a graduated uh, quarterback, meaning that he's already graduated from school. So he's he's going to have a lot more time to be able to spend in the film room, to be able to spend studying the playbook, to be able to working on the the little the things with his game that he needs to improve on. And I'm expecting a big year. You know, if you look at the LSU annals, um, only four quarterbacks have ever thrown for 3,000 yards in a season or more. Obviously, Joe Burrow, Rohan Davey threw for 3,300, Jamarcus Russell 3,100 in 2006, and then Mettenberger threw, just, threw for just over 3,000 in 2013. I think Miles Brennan has a chance to where if he plays 13, 14, you know, possibly even 15 games in a season, 
I think that at a minimum, if just say they go to a bowl game, don't make it to Atlanta, and he gets 13 games and he stays healthy, I think he, I think he's going to put up the second best season in LSU history. That would be topping Rohan Davies' mark, 3,300 yards. But when you look at Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, Racy McMath, I think you've got three future NFL receivers right there. You've got Eric Gilbert coming in who just has NFL written all over him. You've got a loaded backfield to help take shoulder some of the load. If they can get those pieces in place on the offensive line and there aren't any major, any major you know, rash of injuries like, uh, like you saw with Alabama last year, for instance, if you can avoid that, and if you can just gel those pieces on the offensive line, I think he's going to have a huge, huge year. And I saw one, uh, the Sporting News ranked the, uh, the top 25 quarterbacks in the country entering the season, and they had Miles Brennan at 24. And I think that's a – I would think that's a, that's a pretty good rating for him. That's a pretty good ranking considering he's only thrown 70 passes, haven't started, hasn't started a college game, has only played in 17 games throughout his career. So when you put, when you, when you put all of that together, we're saying that he's going to have this big season based on, based on his potential and based on the LSU offense that we saw last year. But I really think that the pieces are in place for him to have that type of year. And the thing about Miles, too, is, and kind of compared to other quarterbacks around the country, where, like, the Kellen Mond, you know, elite step forward, people have been talking about, people have been waiting for. Kyle Trask at Florida is one they're talking about. Jamie Newman at Georgia is one they're talking about. Miles Brennan hasn't really seen much time at all with the ones. And with all due respect to you know, everyone on the LSU roster that, that was kind of running behind Chase and Justin Jefferson and Marshall, it, it's just not the same. They're going to have to have Trey Palmer, Keishon Butte, somebody emerge uh, along with Racy McMath too to kind of, you know, bring, bring the talent level up. But it's way different than playing with a first-round pick and two future potential first-round picks and one of them being a Blitnikoff Award winner. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think the biggest task for this offense, uh, you know, entering, entering the summer workouts, entering fall camp, will be of gelling that offensive, that offensive line. Uh, you know, Dare Rosenthal suspended six games last year. He has to, he has to be uh, someone that they can count on. Uh, he has to be someone that they – you know, that if he misses a game here or there because of injury is one thing. But you can't afford, you know, all of the suspensions that you saw last year between he and between Sadiq Charles because, you know, you don't have those swing guys. You don't have an Adrian McGee that can really play anywhere. You don't have a Badari Traore, um, you know, that you feel good about as an offensive tackle should someone go down. You have Austin Deculus. You have Dara Rosenthal. And then you have nothing but a whole bunch of question marks. And so I really think that, you know, we did a uh, we did a, on one of our morning buses during the week of which offensive lineman needed to step up the most. And uh, I, can't, I can't remember who you picked. Who did you pick? I picked Chase on Hines. Okay, you picked Chase and Hines, yeah. And I know Shea picked Dare Rosenthal. And I picked Austin Deculus for that, for that reason right there that, you know, I'm not ready to say that you can count on Dara Rosenthal at this point right here, 
And the last thing you want to do is have to throw a true freshman Marcus Dumerville over in that left tackle position. And so, you know, if Rosenthal misses action, you know, I think the obvious thing is the obvious solution is you bring Austin Deculus over to that left side. You plug one of the newcomers in on the right side where, you know, it would be a little bit easier for them as far as the, the acclimation process goes of being able to be of getting used to those those speedy edge rushers and so that's why I picked Austin Deculus because I just think that I think that he's going to have to be that guy that you can you know that you can flip sides with and I just don't see anyone else on the roster that would uh that would fit that mold right now yeah and his experience would help on the left side as well too if they needed to solidify that but uh, look, kind of like going into last year, the offensive line is going to be the question mark. And yeah, Miles Brennan will get some questions too as to whether he can do it, you know, as a number as QB one. But you know, the offensive line once again is going to be, uh, you know, probably the group facing the most amount of questions entering the season. They performed very, very well uh, when you know they kind of had their backs up against the wall entering the 2019 season, but. That was a different group. That was a lot of NFL talent, a lot of guys who were veterans and obviously moved on uh, to the NFL now. So uh, James Craig has his work cut out for him to protect Miles Brennan. But if he does, I'm with you, Sonny. I think he's got a big year ahead of him. So speaking of, of a big uh, weekend, Memorial Day weekend, I think we've gone on long enough. I want to thank everybody for listening to this edition of the podcast. Sonny, have a safe and healthy uh, weekend uh, over the Memorial Day weekend and enjoy those shrimp, my man. Yeah, my man, you be safe and uh, get some of those rays because it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to make it to the Florida beaches this year, man, this summer. So we're, we're kind of bummed about that. I'll, I'll soak them up for you as best I can. Uh, hopefully maybe, you know, August, you take a, take a weekend from like fall camp or something. Hey, maybe so, man. Yeah. Tell your parents, uh, yeah, maybe your parents will let me take your rooms and she'll be back in BR. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, bring it on down. Bring it on down. So. With that, guys, appreciate everybody listening. Don't forget to leave us a rating, leave us a review on the pod. If you have any suggestions or questions or whatever, feel free to fire away on our review page wherever you listen to your podcast. So hope everybody has a safe Memorial Day weekend, and thanks for listening.